our next episode of podcast the data insights podcast from conversite i'm ganesh i'm co-founder and ceo of conversite.ai today we have an interesting guest alan alan has tons of experience in supply chain and uh, advanced uh, technologies you are helping a lot of customers and grooming a lot of students helping them you know get to this new world of supply chain and advanced yeah. uh, you know visibility and um, uh, the world so love to learn from you so maybe just uh, tell us a little bit about you uh, you have a lot of corporate experience and academic experience love to learn more from you yeah um well thank you ganesh thanks for having me on the uh, podcast really looking forward to uh, our discussion today so spent 27 years in in industry for you know mainly for ups okay. um worked in a started off in in engineering um made my way into marketing um worked in product development um for for a while um corporate strategy and my last role with UPS was was actually running the UPS Ventures our corporate venture oh, capital nice. fund. Yeah, it was out it was outstanding. I it was my favorite role at UPS, but um but I had some other plans of of where I um wanted to take my career. I had some pressing questions that I couldn't answer in the place that I was and I decided to actually get my MBA later in, in in life and I was really struggling with this with a central question around why is it that after all of the the data the books the seminars the practical examples of disruption the fortune 500 continues to um, dissipate from the fortune 500 transition out of the fortune 500 mm-hmm. at an increasing rate um, and so I, I worked with the father of disruptive innovation, Clayton Christensen was on my dissertation committee and, oh, wow. um, yeah, learned, you know, just a phenomenal man, phenomenal man in, in many ways. Um, and it, uh, it led me to my dissertation and, a, a book that I had published last year called organizational velocity, where. I was talking about how companies can get out of their own way, really, yeah. and, and, and move, at the, move at the speed of change. But um, after UPS, I, I joined the, the University of Tennessee uh, Supply Chain Institute, um, and I really, really enjoyed that. Um, one of the things that differentiates uh, Tennessee is that they uh, do a tremendous amount of work with um, with companies, they, they value practitioners, which, you know, honestly, not all academic institutes, institutions, um, value practitioners as crazy as that might sound. Um, so I'm, I'm teaching, um, in the online master's program. I actually still based in Atlanta. I teach right from here. Um, uh, marketing or excuse me, um, uh, technology and strategy classes. I, I teach on campus the executive education. I have a full day on on technology. 
And uh, I teach in what they call the Advanced Supply Chain Collaborative. And it's a collaborative of, of companies that help direct our research. And, you know, I've, I've looked at things like the questions that our companies have, like, what is the ROI of blockchain, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Yeah. What should we do with this change, the changes in last mile? The, um, the issues a lot of retail companies are having with reverse logistics. And yeah. this year I'm looking at um, geopolitical disturbances and, you know, how do companies do scenario planning and uh, create options that allow them to pivot uh, given all of the different types of disruption uh, that can hit them. So kind of a wide swath of um, uh, uh, interests are in at uh, University of Tennessee. So, and then I'm, I'm advising some s- startups in the uh, supply chain space. So a lot on my plate, but I love it. Absolutely. So now, um... You know, you have, you have, and I was kind of amazed and I was, you know, the book was great. So you have, you know, from engineering to marketing to uh, strategy and uh, and supply chain. So you have probably seen the end-to-end in that enterprise. Um, so now when you are, um, you know, 27 years to now, and you have seen, you know, enough uh, financial disruptions, but we all have seen firsthand on the pandemic uh, era two back. So in your view, is is supply chain different now with pre-pandemic, post-pandemic? Is it different or is it same challenges, but we are trying to learn something new here? Well, you know, there, there are some things that, some things that are the same, but there, there are others that have, that have changed the landscape forever, and it and some of it was pande- pandemic driven. Some of it is just um, you know changes in demographics that that okay. aren't changing back anytime yeah. soon. So pandemic driven changes. So um, one of the things that happened during the pandemic where you had this this tremendous capacity crunch, right? And you had uh, delivery companies that were limiting capacity. You had retailers that had closed their doors and they were just trying to survive. Yeah. And so you saw some trends happen like ship from store. Yeah. Was a, was a, a a big trend that, that started to happen. And you had companies starting up their own delivery networks and that was something that was really not possible with the technology we had 10 15 years ago um you know you think about i think it was about 10 10 15 years ago the dhl tried to get into the u.s market but and they ended up burning through literally billions of dollars and um and ended up pulling out um, because they tried to battle UPS and FedEx uh, doing things that the way you the way UPS and FedEx do them. 
What you're seeing Amazon and Walmart and Target and others do today is they're providing the service, but in a different way. They're using technology to connect distributed service providers and using AI to um, you know, generate dynamic routes and optimize those routes yeah. uh, to do so very economically. And it's actually um, improved the overall delivery service because you, you think about five years ago, how many times did you get an e-commerce delivery next day or same day? Right? Never. Yeah. You never did. Yeah. And and today it's 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 pretty common. We don't think about that, but it's these changes in um, the technology-driven infrastructure of last-mile delivery that's that's made that uh, made that possible. And then, you know, from a demographic standpoint, you know, you have things like the labor shortage that yeah. was you know very acute. Um, it caused um, labor rates in some warehouses to go up 20% or more. And you had this situation where, um, you know, when I was at UPS, if you, if you were putting in robotics or some type of automation, you had to make a financial business case yeah. for it. Um, and it had to be pretty solid. And mm-hmm. And, and now, you know, you still have to make a financial, a, a business case for it, but, but oftentimes the business case is survival, right? Because if you can't attract the workers that you need to get products, you know, through the system and out the door, then where are you? Yeah. Um, and, and, and so I'm seeing a lot of investment that's being done just to cope with Kind of the long-term trends that are that are hitting companies. So, it's coming from from all over, and we haven't even begun to talk about you know all of the potential disruptions from climate-driven to geopolitical. Geopolitical. So, I think um, to your point, you know, even before pandemic, companies started getting into this industry 4.0, the you know connected ecosystem IoT. Yeah. But in my discussions, most of the places, it was probably for a matured company. It was um, somewhat, you know, wow, nice to have our, this will really put us in the future. But then pandemic really created that without these connected ecosystems and technologies, we can't survive. We can't do business anymore. Um, I think that is, that's a huge, you know, the, it, it has an eye opener probably. Um, what technology, uh, what technologies must have you need to run if you need to run a business. And then to add to that, to your point, today we, you know, when I think about uh, any shipments, we expect a lot of visibility. Like we want to know where exactly it's at. Um, Is it going to take two days or five days or 10 days? But I want to know where exactly it's at, right? So we are all looking for... um, lot more higher supply chain visibility in a way um, and forget about the enterprises even as individuals um, we want to track everything we want to get visibility or deliver it next day um, 
it is an interesting uh, uh, expectation change. So I have a question, right, based on your industry. So now during the pandemic time, companies have seen a lot of out of stock and, you know, suppliers were, you know, not able to deliver and many things, right? So I think pandemic is one and obviously the global, you know, China and, and all the delay and the, 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 uh, the container shortages and all that, right? Now, with the pandemic and post-pandemic in this world, do you think the the expectations have kind of okay, you know, if suppliers are delaying, we no longer can dictate terms. You think it, it is somewhat eased and out, like, because we, were, we lived through a worst case scenario where we don't even know when it's going to come. We have running out of stock, our carts are empty and, you know, shelves are empty. From there, okay, even if it is two days delay, five days delay, you think we are getting better uh, to accept delays or other way around? Other way around. Okay. Yeah, I. you know what? Um, here's the deal about expectations. They only go one way. <laughs> only, yeah. Right? They, they only go up. They don't go down. Hmm. And 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 so the, the expectations are are still there. And I think that, um, you know, supply chain leaders have done a, a pretty good job of, you know, updating processes and adopting technologies. But, you know, I'll tell you, there's, you know, resilience was the big, um, has been the big buzzword over the last couple of years. How do we become more resilient? And so you have, um, you know, two of the Two of the big strategies that have been used pretty widely are, okay, we're going to diversify our supply base and we're going to increase buffer stock. And so, okay, those are, those are good, but only to a point, right? It's only to a point because you diversify your suppliers too much and you become less competitive because you're not getting volume discounts, You right? You you um, you create too much buffer stock and you increase your inventory holding costs, and those things both those things may make you more resilient but less competitive, and no one wants that. And and so that's where technology comes in, right? Yeah. So how can I use technology to get better at demand planning, better at planning my inventory, and um, and that's become really front and center for how companies become more competitive. Because if you think of this, this trend of what we were just talking about um, with uh, delivery times going down, well, if you're going to deliver in same day or next day, that means you have to have goods stored closer to the customer. If you have goods stored closer to the customer, that means you have more fulfillment centers yeah. that are smaller. smaller so how yes. do you decide what inventory goes into what fulfillment center at what time? At what time, right? yeah. Right, and so you have to leverage uh, technology. And AI is, you know, obviously, you know, one that has, has gained a lot of interest. Um, but what I will say is there's... Um, there's too much bark and not enough bite 
um, in the industry. And one of the things that, uh, and it's one of the reasons that I wrote my book, and one of the things that just really pains me to see is really quality companies getting lapped and not even realizing it. Because the, the nature of AI and machine learning is it's, it's exponential. The learning is exponential. And so, and the, the benefits are exponential. And so, you, you, you know, companies that have an early lead, you know, you're, you're seeing in some areas where they're really taking off, but it, the, the real benefits haven't even shown up yet. Right. And, and so I think about it's one of the things I talk about in my in my technology class all the time. One of the things that I I have my students do is I say, OK, everyone go to LinkedIn right now. Go to LinkedIn, type in data scientist, comma, Amazon and go to people, see how many results you get, you know, and you get 10,000 plus. Now do the same for Walmart. Now do the same for Target. Now go Macy's. Put in Macy's, right? Not very many. Put in UPS. Put in FedEx. Put in any traditional um, logistics company. Companies, yeah. Mm. Right, and and you don't you don't see nearly as many um, data scientists. And you've got you know Walmart or excuse me Amazon that years ago started their own ML university because they couldn't, they couldn't attract enough um, uh, talent. Yeah. And, and so it is really, you know, when we talk about how do you deal with these disruptions in the most optimal way, um, it's really going to be through analytics. And um, you're either going to need to work with you know, not a lot, but a few really quality partners um, or, you know, build up your own staff or supplement your own staff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So now you, we, you know, you touched upon AI analytics, the data science skills. Um, and then we clearly spoke about the, the need for the technology to you know, keep up with the demand to track with all these delivery and all that. So now, you, when you think about um, in the supply chain ecosystem, like think about a retailer, you know, probably they can invest and do it. But many times uh, they lag because their suppliers may, may not be digitalized, may, may not be really matured enough to handle that kind of, you know, the digital advancement we cannot even give you that visibility. So now how do you think, you know, what, what will happen? Uh, you know, it's not just you, the company need to can improve, but how do we bring your suppliers and maybe distributors and dealers along with you? And I know the blockchain and all that we are talking about, but then where do you think the industry is going collectively? And because if there's a collective success in supply chain visibility, for example. Yeah, Ganesh, you, I mean, you hit the nail on the head there because that is, you know, of, of all of the, the issues that we're, we're talking about, these are really end-to-end -end supply chain issues yeah. that 
start at raw materials and end at the front door. And there's a lot of, that goes on in between there with first, second, and third tier suppliers all the way back to the um, raw materials. And so, you know, one of the you know, one of the big challenges I, I see, and there's 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 lots of challenges, but um, one of the basic challenges is, you know, we can get the information, but is the it, it's data cleansing mm -hmm. and transformation, so it can be fed into systems that can then th that the algorithms can then um, respond to. I mean, that's a that's a really big issue, um, and you know, and, and once you, and once you overcome that, it's that it's that analytics power. So it's not just about data. I mean, most companies are awash with data, uh, and they're data rich but information poor. So yeah. So so how is that data then being translated and getting to the right people at the right time? to drive the right type of decision-making, right? Yeah. And, and, and that's, what, um, that's what can be really frustrating because it's, it's typically not an issue of the data isn't there. It's either yeah. not in a form where it can be ingested or, or there aren't the systems and processes in place to, to actually turn that data into information. And that's the... That's the real holy grail. That's where, and I, I know supply chain, we, we just had our semi-annual supply chain forum. We had over 600 folks into uh, Knoxville and it was one of the key themes that um, they talked about. And, um, and even issues like, um, you know, geopolitical concerns, uh, cool. you know, think of, Think of what's happening in in kind of the east-west tensions between, you know, with China and the U.S. You know, we 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 did a lot of um, there were a lot of discussions about okay, um, nearshoring or ally shoring. Okay, so let's say you move some of your production to Mexico. Mexico, yeah. You know, you know, are you are are you safe? Well. Um, where, if those are assembly plants, where are the, you know, parts, where are the raw materials, yeah, where are they coming yeah. from, right? Because if you don't have connection to that, which they're typically, you know, you, you may have assembly in Vietnam or, or in Mexico, but that supply chain goes back to China at some point, more than likely, right? Yeah. And so, and so how do you, how do you track those things? And, and so that's why it's just, it's, it's just absolutely incredibly important that you're, you're not only um, thinking direct, you know, upstream and downstream one level, but you're looking at the extended supply chain. Um, and that's, uh, you know, if whether it's geopolitical or climate, uh, type challenges that you're that you're trying to face um, it's incredibly important yeah so um, I know every you now there are a lot of new technologies we heard about AI big data 
and uh, you know blockchain obviously you know before yeah. pandemic we were speaking a lot about blockchain and obviously shifted a little bit but now suddenly we are talking about um, generative ai or something called chat gpt <laughs> so i don't right. think the podcast can end without that topic so i i wanted to pick your brain on what is what can a technology like chat gpt or generative ai in a larger scheme for supply chain well to start with you know full disclosure um this is uh, this is actually not me it's i it's a i've generated my image and my voice and no um <laughs> this is the real me but <laughs> yes. um but we are we are seeing some in, incredible um ad, advancements and you know, it's, it's interesting in academia, you know, academia is very much kind of up in arms about the potential impact of yeah. uh, generative AI and things like chat GPT. And I'll, I'll tell you what, just to, just for some context, I tell my classes, I said, it's a tool, go ahead and use it. Yeah. I'm, go ahead. It's like any other tool, go ahead and use it. But understand, it's pulling from the Internet. And you and I both know that not everything on the internet is a fact. Yeah. Um, and and so if you use it, um, you cannot blame Chat GPT if I put red ink all over your paper because you're responsible <laughs> for, the outcome, for the outcome, right? And um, and and but but it is getting much more sophisticated. I like the. Um, I was I was actually using the Bing version of you know Chat GPT, and one of the things I really like about that is they have sources embedded in the answer, right? Okay. So you can click on and 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 see exactly what the source data is. Um, but it's going to be incredibly important um, for supply chain, just in terms of access. And you know, one of the things that you know, that I, that immediately comes to mind is, you know, every day there's all, there's always changes going on in the supply chain. There's unexpected things that uh, you're, that supply chain leaders are, are dealing with. Um, and the ability to, you know, real time in meetings, be able to ask specific questions about, um, about volume, about labor productivity, about, yeah. you know, about where, you know, you know, where just what we were talking about, about where shipments are in the uh, supply chain, um, about and, and then incorporating things that you might not think about, like weather and traffic conditions and all those things that, yeah. you know, you just you don't have at your fingertips. But, you know, AI, you know, it, it, especially if it's generative AI and it's you're 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 talking to it um, can respond very quickly. And, um, you know, in the other area that that just comes to mind that just, you know, anyone that's worked in in a large company, it doesn't have to be a large company, you know, mid sized companies as well. You have these meetings, you have these committees, right, that that meet on a weekly or monthly or quarterly basis. And um, 
And sometimes, you know, during that meeting, uh, you know, a proposal is being presented and, and someone throws FUD into the uh, question. So fear, uncertainty, and doubt. They ask a, a question and, and whoever it is might not have the details around, you know, the, the, that specific question. It might be about a specific operating center yep. and it, right. And the ability to in during the meeting, you know, being able to ask a question and get an answer and move that decision-making forward. That's incredible productivity that people just don't talk about. Right. Yeah. Um, But that, you know, managers live through day in and day out. And so, you know, I, I think, you know, as these tools evolve and, you know, and become more reliable, become more accurate. Um, it's really going to create a sea change in uh, the way we operate and the skills that we need in leaders across all different functions, but specifically supply chain. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, personally, you know, given that we are in the same space of delivering insight through this conversation like chat gpt to me um you know there are two set of companies companies who are <coughs> they have a lot of data scientists data analysts and they have the muscle power and technology to get that insights it's uh, you know then it may look like luxury you know i have somebody to deliver all those insights and answers but then when i go to companies they are you know, small, mid-sized companies, they don't have, you know, millions of dollars to put data lakes and data warehouse and, you know, deploy data scientists. Um, to your point, like companies like Amazon and all that can hire the data scientists, but the smaller companies not able to even attract, like data scientists won't join or stay there, right? right. So right. for them, giving an AI system, which will connect to their data, and answer those questions is like it's like making the dream come true like the otherwise you can't do it and it's no more a luxury and you're like that's something what i'm seeing day in day out like when i deliver something to mid-market companies they they treat like this um, the ai like wow like it's, it's no more a fear of or oh, did you you know let I lose my job because of AI? no it uncover that ability for me to interact with my ERP system, with my CRM system, with my, you know, supply chain system. When I see those yeah. happiness, wow. Like, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so Ganesh, so would, uh, what I immediately think of, it, it's it's like the new cloud. And, yeah. and this is the reason I say that, is I, I remember when I was running global marketing for, UPS Logistics. We had a we had a warehouse management system. It was based on Oracle, and uh, it was it, and we had you know made adjustments to it and spent millions of dollars on it, and we we had to use this system. And it was because we had made so many tweaks. You know, it's one of those things with any ERP system. Like you get yeah. yearly updates, right? And you've paid for yearly updates, and and 
typically you can never update the system because you've made so many tweaks so to many the system, right? Mm -hmm. That that it's it, it's impossible to update. And so we had smaller, less capable uh, 3PLs that had better transportation management op offerings than us because they were and they, for much less because they were uh, using cloud-based software, right? So so they were they were getting advantage over larger competitors, right? And 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 now that was around, you know, that was around this that specific capability. Now now think about, you know, AI and ML and generative AI and what that can provide to be able to um, access that on essentially kind of a shared services yeah. uh, basis is really revolutionary, right? And um, and it starts to what I it's the it's more of the democratization of technology, technology right? Yeah. It, right and it it allows these um small and mid-sized companies to act much larger right yeah. it, it begins to uh level the playing field and so and i think that's good you know that's good for everyone but it's especially good ultimately for consumers yeah i think you you initially brought a point that roi for these technologies in my view today's challenges whether the company is small, big, if they understand they have a problem and a technology can solve and bring that ROI, then the technology is out there, whether it is generative AI or AI blockchain, the technologies are there with the cloud to your point. You can easily adapt. You don't need to spend millions of dollars and wait for a year long uh, to build a technology anymore. So that is very, very exciting right now. Um, since you are also connected to the the next generation of uh, workforce students um, and supply chain, right? When you think about supply chain warehouses, supply chain manufacturing plants, and all those, yeah. How do you see the students, the next gen, is considering those jobs? Uh, is this still attractive? Are they attracted, or is it least attractive? How do we make the? How do we? How do the manufacturing companies, logistics companies, distribution companies make these logistics supply chain jobs more attractive to the future workforce. Yeah, so so it's it's interesting. Um, one of the the real benefits to the supply chain profession of the pandemic was that supply chain become became part of everyone's vocabulary, yep. right? Yes. Um, and, and it was, it's, it's so funny because one of the things that I would, I would hear from supply chain executives is pre pandemic was people don't know what we do. They don't understand how integral we are to the value proposition of the, uh, the company. And, um, and then the pandemic hit. And it was it was the opposite. It was okay. Now everyone thinks they're a supply chain expert, and everyone's in my business, right? Um, but supply chain actually became sexy again. Yes. And and I will tell you, it you know one of the challenges that it's a good challenge is really an opportunity at University of Tennessee is that 
we're getting a, a flood of interest in supply chain. I mean, we today at the University of Tennessee, supply chain is the number one uh, major by far. We graduate 420 plus uh, uh, undergrads a year. Um, that's not including, you know, the the masters and the and the PhD programs. And, um, and so there is, um, there is an, uh, uh, increasing interest in, and a, like in my master's program, uh, a lot of the, I would say about half of the students are coming in that don't have a supply chain background. They're coming in from other, other areas because they see this is a, um, you know, this is a real growing area, growing but, area. Um, but, you know, I'll, I'll tell you to your question about the, the challenges. One of the things that, you know, I talk to my students about uh, is that the, the challenge around some of these in, industry 4.0 technologies and, and applying them in supply chain is not technology. Yeah. It's people. Right. And 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 the one of the the big challenges is that, you know, as you start implementing these uh, these new technologies, it changes the dis the distribution of information and therefore changes the distribution of power yeah. within an organization. Right. Yeah. And, and so it's it's going to be natural that there are going to be people that don't want this power distributed and and want to hold on to it and will resist it and so um and that's why change management is just so very important um in this in this whole transition it's one of the things that we talk about over and over again and then and then being able to translate um, how technology impacts the rest of the, and supply chain impacts the rest of the organization. And how do you, how do you talk about inventory management yeah. in a way that's going to appeal to the finance function, to the sales function, right? Um, and, and, and so that's a, that's a, that's a big big part of it. And, um, and I'm really excited to see the, the interest from these, from these young people. It's, it's phenomenal how it's changed just over the last couple of years. Wow. I think I am really amazed at the amount of number of students you are talking about. And then the, the interest, you know, it's really growing up. It, it's, it's very, very encouraged. And to add to that, um, you know, when I go to some of these warehouses and factories, the, the amount of um, the robots and, uh, you know, how neat those warehouses and, uh, and the plants are. I, I know I can't see the oil spills or any smells like, you know, it's so clean and uh, so smooth. I, I was in a small company in a manufacturing plant in Chicago on the other day. And they were like, from a raw iron material to making some you know some some uh, products like 
robots and how neat though and the people who are working are it's almost like scientists like <laughs> the way they were dressed um, they were there operating so niche like it's it, it, to me like wow like i wish i'm back to the manufacturing floor you know you know 15 20 years back when i used to work it was not that easy it used to be hot and all that now when i went there like it's so cool and you know very attractive in my view i myself got attracted because of all these advanced technologies i want to go work back in those plants and manufacturing units this is very interesting you know i'm sure in the next decade we are all going to see lot more advanced technologies um so as your students um or say are they seeing the ai as an opportunity or as a threat to the job force all our, all my students are seeing it as an opportunity opportunity okay oh yeah oh yeah and and so you know and and one of the the big advantages and i talked to them about this is that you know they're they're all digital natives right yes. everyone in the, that class they're all digital natives they have grown up with this they um unlike me right <laughs> i'm struggling to keep up but they're um they have a unique value going into these organizations and help them transition into this this new economy this new way this new way of um doing business and helping these businesses adapt because this manufacturing plant that you went on and and, and I'll tell you there's in, in most of manufacturing is becoming highly automated um, highly automated yeah. when you when you get into logistics though it's still spreadsheets it's still yeah. you know most locations it's manual processes and they're they're slowly transitioning um, from that but it's going to be you know a decades long process and so there's tremendous opportunity um to apply technologies to to these locations and um and there's areas like uh returns facilities for example you look yeah. at a returns facility i mean it it looks like chaos it it yeah. just does and um and there's tremendous opportunities to just get so much better at at returns and being able to get them back quickly and get them um you know into the hands of a a useful opportunity, opportunity. and not into a landfill or uh incinerated which a third of all returns that's that's where they go yeah i think as you said the the problems never stop i think that it, rather than looking at a problem it's all opportunities there are a lot of opportunities to be solved and and you are grooming a lot of um, great talent so yeah and the technologies are coming so i think the challenges are still going to be there whether you call it ai or blockchain or whatever but it's just that bright minds what you are all grooming is uh, it's required that passion what they bring and we can all advance our, the supply chain um this yeah. is you know great great uh, topic to connect i know it we can we can keep going on this topic this is like great topic for of interest today for everybody um so love to conclude uh, with your few thoughts like what's what is this next decade is going to be what are you expecting what surprises or what new things we are going to see 
Yeah, I think, you know, one of the areas that I think is just extremely um, promising is is around leveraging AI for scenario type planning, okay. right? And and being able to do that on on a more frequent basis, a wider number of scenarios, not enough companies are doing that right now. And it's really important because if, if, if you're doing scenario planning about, you know, there's, there's, you know, there's dozens of, you know, different scenarios that, that you can think of. I was, I was talking to a lady from a big pharmaceutical company and, 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 you know, her challenge was, you know, we have more risk than we have resources to plan for. Um, right. And, and, and so one of the, one of the real keys is how do I use technology to, to look at more potential scenarios and develop optionality, develop options, whether that's okay. investing in skills, talent, uh, you know, physical locations, uh, digital capabilities, physical capabilities, um, and, and, and investing in those options in advance of the disruption, yes. right? Mm -hmm. Because, um, you know, what happened in the pandemic is, you know, there were a lot of companies that, you know, by the time they realized they need to create an option, it was too late, right? They had already lost millions of dollars. And, yeah. um, and so the, the key is, you have to develop if you want to be able to um, be agile and and pivot away from uncertainty. You need to develop options in advance. So I think yeah. that is a an absolute uh, huge area for um, for analytics, uh, you know, going forward. Absolutely. Um, you know, um, Alan, great talking to you, and it was great uh, getting that mind share. And I, I almost like got from, you know, at, you know, your 27 years of corporate experience and, you know, what you are um, learning from ChatGPT to your, you know, learning from or getting the fresh talent out of that. It's like, it's a variety. Like, it's like, <laughs> so love to connect sometime in another topic and um, see where this industry is going and uh, love to chat more with you. Thank you for your well, time and uh, looking forward so to connecting. Well, great. Thank you very much for having me. I enjoyed the conversation. As you can tell, after all these years, I'm still as passionate about it as, as ever. So. Absolutely. You are very, very passionate on this topic. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. All right. Thank you very much.